How many of you need a Holy Ghost whipping today? <laughs> Bring it on. Let's go. John chapter 5, verse 1. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city near the sheep's gate was a pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind and lame or paralyzed, laid on that porch. One of them lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool. And when the water bubbles up, someone else always gets ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat, began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, who can't work on the Sabbath, the law doesn't allow you to carry your sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus disappeared into the crowd. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. Stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Verse 6, the Bible says Jesus saw him and knew he was ill for a long time and asked him, would you like to get well? What a question. It's such a good question. It's the title of today's message. Would you like to get well? Let's pray. Father, anoint this word. We ask that you would bless us with your presence, your wisdom, and your knowledge, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me to preach your word and help us to listen to your word and speak to everyone here today as you see fit. And we thank you for this word we're about to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. As we tackle this question, <clears throat> do you want to get well? Some of you say yes. Some of you might say, I've tried. Some of you might be like this man and say, I can't. Never it's going to happen. But the real question here is do you want to get well? A few weeks ago, I was sitting in the park just reading my Bible and just looking around 
And there's this big lake there where I like to sit and pray sometimes. And I'm always observing. Have you guys noticed that? I'm always observing and looking at things and looking at people and geese that chase you and all that stuff. And I came across something weird that caught my attention that I actually got closer to it to investigate. And I think it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. I saw a turtle upside down. All right, so sad. This turtle was upside down. And he was like this. Wiggling, trying to get back around. And as this turtle was upside down, I literally remember thinking, wow, his whole world must feel like it's upside down right now. And that turtle must have woken up that morning thinking he was going for a nice swim and everything was going to be fine. He was going to go eat some vegetation or whatever turtles do. And he never would have imagined he would stumble and roll down a hill, end up upside down. His whole world is upside down. And he's stuck. And he's struggling. And he's trying to get back on his feet. But it seems like no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't. And you're thinking, well, Pastor, why didn't you help him? Just wait. Wait till the end of this sermon. But this turtle was struggling and struggling and struggling and trying and trying to get back up, but he couldn't. But let me tell you what's worse about this. As I looked all around him, there were all these other turtles, and they were fine. There were some turtles that were walking down the path. Others were swimming. One was sunbathing. I think another turtle even had a girlfriend. And he was fine. All of them were fine, except this one turtle that was stuck trying to get on his feet. But nothing was working. And I remember that day telling the Lord, honestly told the Lord, Lord, I feel like that turtle. And I feel like sometimes, does it ever feel like your world is upside down? Does it ever feel like you're stuck and going nowhere? Does it ever feel like you're trying to get on your feet? You're trying to make things right. You're trying to get better. You're trying to move ahead. You're trying to move forward. But no matter how hard you try, nothing seems to work and you stay stuck. And what's worse is not only that there are so many people that feel stuck in their life, but I think what's worse that sometimes it seems like you're the only one. Like you're the only one going through what you're going through. Like you're the only one that's upside down. You're the only one that's hurting. You're the only one that's struggling. You're the only one that's stuck. And it seems like when you look around in your life, 
You see all these other turtles, all these other people, and they're moving forward, and they're having babies, and getting married, and getting girlfriends, and boyfriends, and promotions, and jobs, and traveling, and living life. You look at their social media, everything is fine, they're happy, and it seems like nothing's going wrong in their life. And all around you, everyone is happy, everyone is peaceful, everyone is blessed, but you are the only one, the only turtle in the ponds that's stuck. Can I get a witness this morning? The only one that's trying, but going nowhere. It gets worse. As I watched this turtle trying, because I knew God was giving me a sermon. I didn't know it was for today, because this happened months ago. But as that turtle was trying, making a lot of movement, but going nowhere, he stopped. He just stopped. And I don't know why he did this. But he's got his little turtle head. And he just stuck it in his shell. And just hid. I almost cried that day. Because I wondered that day. How many people in our church You feel like you need to stop trying. Because your world is never going to get back on its feet. You need to stop trying because you're never going to change. You need to stop trying and stop praying for that miracle. You need to stop trying to witness to that lost person in your life. You need to stop trying to stop that sin in your life. You need to stop trying to go to church. Stop trying to pray. Stop believing. Stop trying. Stop trying. Stop trying. Because you get so tired of trying and getting nowhere and no results that you result to doing nothing but hide. You hide. And you pretend everything is fine. That turtle was hiding, but on the outside, he had a tough shell. Do you know how many people come to this church with a tough shell? Do you know how many people come to church and they're tough on the outside and they smile, they're happy, you ask them, how's everything? And they're hiding the truth and they're saying, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm happy, life is great, things are getting better, things are looking up. But you know the truth, you're hiding the fact that you're upside down. Underneath the smile and the busyness and the posts you put on social media and the laughter and the confidence you pretend to have in this little tough shell that you carry on you, you're hiding the fact that you're not okay. You're hiding the truth that underneath my shell, I'm in pain. Underneath the shell, I feel insecure. Underneath my shell, I live in fear constantly for tomorrow. And everyone comes to church and they're hiding something deep down inside. 
Because you can't let all the other turtles know you're struggling. You gotta join with the rest of the turtles and say everything is fine. We have a happy marriage, a happy turtle family, and a happy turtle house, and everything is fine in our pond. But the truth is, you feel like hiding in your shell, pretending that everything's okay, but underneath it all, you're in bondage. You're lonely. You're discouraged. What a picture. Of this man we read about in John 5. Look at verse 5 with me. The Bible says, one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. That even Jesus said, That when he saw him, he knew he was sick for a long time. 38 years. Let's let's put that into perspective. That's the 80s. 38 years ago. We were in the 80s. That's that's the time of camcorders. Remember camcorders? Let's age everyone. Let's age ourselves. How many of you own the camcorder? And my younger people are like, what is that? Let me explain to you. You look like you work for the news because it was this big and you put it on your shoulder. And my mom always was on it. Catching every moment. And I'm glad because now we have everything on record because of my mom and her camcorder. That was a time of Walkmans with long cords in your ears like this and you had to rewind. Remember rewinding? Be kind and rewind. The 80s. It was acid wash jeans. Miami Vice was the number one show. The A-team, perms, big hair, hairspray, neon colors. Imagine having the problem in your life that long. He wasn't always stuck, but the Bible says for 38 long years, He was stuck. We don't know how long. The Bible says 38 years. We don't know when exactly it happened. But we know why. Look at verse 14 with me. The Bible says after Jesus saw him, he was healed. He saw him in the temple and told him, now you are well. So stop what? Sinning. Jesus is not telling this man to live a sinless life. That's impossible. Only Jesus Christ can do that. 
But what Jesus is addressing is a particular sin in this man's life that had him in bondage. That sin in his life that was unaddressed. That sin in his life he tolerated. That sin in his life he got comfortable with. That sin is the reason that this man was stuck and paralyzed for 38 long years. Jesus is talking about a particular sin in this man's life that held him in bondage, that this man never addressed. He excused it. He got comfortable with it. And even tolerated it. And I wonder, as I wonder in this message, how many of us have sin in our lives that has us stuck? And it might be a particular sin in your life you excuse, you justify, you get comfortable with it, you tolerate it, you learn to live with it. Maybe it's unforgiveness. You're just an angry person. You're just a bitter person. You don't know what this person did to me, how they hurt me. It's so hard to live with forgiveness and love. I just can't forgive. So you tolerate the sin of unforgiveness. Maybe it's lust. And you say, well, Pastor, you can't blame me. I'm a man. I have needs. We live in Miami. It's difficult. It's impossible. And you get comfortable and complacent with it. Maybe it's jealousy. And you think, I can't help it. Everyone's life is just so much better than mine. Maybe it's anger and rage. And you say, you know what? It's not my fault. If people would act right, if people acted better, I can't blame. Don't blame me. I'm Cuban. I have an anger problem. Don't blame me. It's not my fault. Maybe it's pride and you justify it. But all of us have a sin in our lives that has us stuck on our mats. Did you notice that this man was lying on his mat and sleeping on his mat? He learned to live where he did not belong. And I wonder how many of us get comfortable with a sin that God is saying, I want to set you free from. Nothing, listen, nothing will turn your life more upside down and get you more down and stuck than sin you don't deal with. And you just hide. It's so much easier for us to get inside our shells and hide the fact that we are not well. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, whoever, people, who conceal their sin will not what? Prosper. And I know that today that word prosper is looked frowned upon in the church because the church has gotten that word for their own self-gain. That word prosper is not talking about houses and money and wealth and health and everything else. That word prosper literally means when someone gets behind you and advances you forward. How many of you want God to get behind you and advance you forward and push you forward to the next thing that he has for you and getting better and better and better? See, God says, I want to prosper you. I want to get behind you to advance you. But if you're not advancing, guess what? You're stuck. And the reason that you're stuck, God said, you can't prosper because there's sin in your life you conceal. You don't deal with it. 
You've learned to hide it well. You've learned to put it behind you. You've learned to act like everything is fine. But deep down inside, even Jesus told this man, go and sin no more. Telling this man the reason you've been stuck for 38 years is because you know the sin you never addressed. And Jesus said this to him in verse 14. Let's read it again. No, verse 14 of John 5. Afterward, Jesus found him. Let me tell you something. You think you can hide from Jesus? He'll find you. He'll find you to confront your sin. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you're well. So, stop well. Stop sinning. Or something even worse may happen to you. Here's the thing about sin. The sin you tolerate today will always get worse tomorrow. And Jesus promised him and said, if you don't stop this sin that had you in bondage for 38 years, it will get worse. Sin will always get worse in your life. If left unchecked, you tolerate it. You say it's fine. But you'll see quickly how that very sin in your life that you get comfortable with, that you excuse, that you justify, it gets worse. Sin will always progress. Sin will always advance. Sin will always grow and get worse. And it will destroy your life, your family, God's plans, your reputation. Sin will always get worse. Just last weekend when I was cutting the grass, I remember that just a few months before that, there was a small little weed on the ground. I knew it was a weed. I knew it did not belong there. I knew it was so easy for me just to reach down and pull it out. But guess what I did? Nothing. You know why? I made excuses. Maybe Danny will do it. No. My back hurts. It did. I'm tired. I was. That's not that bad. This weed was so beautiful. It had a flower on it. It looked nice. And I said, oh, maybe it would be nice to have this weed in our yard. You know what else I said? Maybe mom won't notice it. Maybe dad won't notice it. Maybe no one's going to notice. I can keep it. Fast forward three, four, or five months later. That thing was a tree. 
It had these vines wrapping around, killing everything in sight. That same little flower that I could have just bent down and pulled out in one second, because I left it, it grew and took over and destroyed the life of everything around it. That's what sin does. The devil wants to put a flower on it, saying it's nice, it's cute, no one's going to notice. Don't deal with it until it grows out of control and sucks the life and destroys everything in your life. And this time, when I was dealing with that weed, it was so much harder. It was so much difficult. It was so difficult. And I realized I should have dealt with it when I could. I imagine there are little flowers popping out all over your life. You know, that, that, that little hottie you work with invites you to lunch. It's just lunch. That website, you just need to type. That relationship, you know you don't belong in. That person, you should have turned your back on a long time ago. It starts with a little sprout until it becomes uncontrollable. Jesus tells this man, stop before it gets worse. And you've come to this church this morning. Of all the Sundays, you've come today because God is telling you, stop. Here's the good news. You ready for the good news? You can stop it. You can stop it. No, I can't. I'm too weak. You can stop it. This man was stuck for 38 years because of a sin he did not address. Do you feel God speaking to you this morning? If not, it's because you're still in your shell saying, no, I don't want to. Look at verse 6 with me. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill, sick for a long time. And asked him, would you like to get well? The first thing I want to tell you this morning, if you feel the sin in your life that's gotten worse, if you're stuck and your world is upside down, if it seems like everyone else's life is going by and you can't see why, you don't know why, you're just stuck and going nowhere. The first thing you have to know before we keep going is Jesus sees you. 
And a crowd of thousands and thousands during this religious holiday in Jerusalem, that man had no idea that the Son of God himself was looking directly at him. And of all the people and all the world with all the busyness and chaos we have, I promise you this very day, this very second right now, as I speak this message to you, God sees you right now. He sees you when you're hurting. He sees you when you want to give up. He sees you when you're depressed. He sees you when you're abused. He sees you when you're down and out. He sees you when you're struggling. He sees you when the devil has you. He sees you and knows and says it's been too long. You've been in this too long. You've been hopeless too long. You've been in bondage too long. You've been in crisis too long. You've been down too long. Jesus saw this man and knew what he was going through and knew how long. I'm sure Jesus found out that this man was 38 years in this problem because he asked around and said, hey, what's this guy's deal? And I imagine all the people in Jerusalem that were there to pray and be religious and perfect, they were going, oh, that guy? That guy? Oh, gee, you don't want to deal with him. He's been like that for 38 years. Oh, you talking about Crazy Joe in the corner? Oh, Crazy Joe's been like that for 38 years. He's been that same mat. That mat has dust on it. That mat has been there for years. I grew up with Crazy Joe just preaching this, laying out there in the corner. I know that guy. 38 years, he hasn't changed. 38 years, he's just begging. 38 years, why are you going to bother with him? It's been too long. It's over. It's hopeless. And Jesus says, no, it's not. And Jesus goes up to him. And he asks him a question. You want to get well? To be honest with you, I, I always hear the phrase, there's no such thing as a dumb question. You ever heard that? And every time I read this story, I, I say, Jesus, with all due respect, that's a dumb question, isn't it? Can you imagine how insensitive Jesus looked? Let me prove it to you. Suppose you and I are driving in your car. And there's a man that's crippled on the side of 49th Street here. And I rolled down. Well, we don't roll down windows anymore. I pressed down the I'm still in the 80s. I, I pressed the button. The window goes down. And I said, hey, I bet you want to walk, huh? What would you say about me? You're Pastor David. Pero como? How can you say that? Or if I see a guy in the blind man, he's walking. I go, ah, I wish you could see, huh? Do you want to see? Do you want to walk? Jesus might have looked so insensitive. But understand what Jesus was saying here. Two things that maybe you need to hear today. You ready? Number one, by Jesus saying, do you want to go get well? You know what he was saying? You're not well. Jesus would not have asked, do you want to get well if this man was fine? 
Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Because Jesus was telling him the truth. Hey, I see you. I know you. And you are not well. And in the name of Jesus, I'm telling someone here today, Jesus sees you. He knows you. And he is telling you right now, you are not well. You come to church, you smile, you worship, you laugh, you go to work, you work your eight hours, you raise your kids, you go on your vacations, you take your nice pictures, but the truth is, underneath your shell, Jesus is looking right at you, and he's saying, I know who you are, I know the truth, and you are not well, sometimes we need to get honest with ourselves and God and say, Lord, I am not well. I know, Lord, you see me in church and you see me trying and you see me going to church to sing and learn the Bible and Bible study on Wednesday night and you see me smiling and laughing and doing what I need to do to go to work and pay the bills. But Lord, at the end of the day, when I'm by myself, Lord, I am not well. There's something upside down in my life. I'm stuck. I'm trying. I'm discouraged. I'm hopeless. I am tired. Lord, I'm the turtle. I'm going nowhere. Help me. I am not well. One person. You're not well. You've been in this a long time. But the fact that Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? He's not only saying you're not well, but the fact that Jesus said, do you want to get well? He's saying not only are you not well, but you can be made well. You can change. God can fix this. God can change that. God can turn it around. God can do a miracle. God can move. God can give you the strength you never thought you had. God can do something. When Jesus said to this man, do you want to get well? He was saying, I know you've been in this for a long time. But I can restore you. The Lord is saying today that if you're not well, you can be. And that word well literally means to restore something that's been broken. And I wonder how many broken people do I have in this church today that need to be restored. This man was stuck for 38 years. Jesus steps on by and meets him where he's at. And says, you've been in this sin for 38 years. It has crippled your life. But I can restore you. How? Jesus gives us three things in this passage. that will teach you why so many people are not well. 
why so many people try and never get well. Stay broken. You can come to church and stay broken. You can sing the songs and stay broken. Are you ready for these three? I said, are you ready for these three? (laughs) Let's look at verse 6 and 7. This is where all three are. Jesus saw him because he sees you. He knew he had been there a long time. He asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir. The sick man said, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. And someone else always gets there ahead. Now you put, put verse 6 again. Number one, look what he says here. Would you like to get well? And the true translation is, do you want to get well? Jesus asked. Do you want to get well? And I always wondered why Jesus asked what I thought was a dumb question until I became a pastor. And I've been a pastor long enough to know that some people with problems don't want to get help. Some people with problems, you think you see someone hurting and struggling and you think, oh, obviously they want to change. Believe me when I tell you there are some broken, messed up people that do not want to change. There are people in this world that just want to complain. They just want to feel sorry for themselves and they just want a handout. Am I preaching truth today? Don't you think that some of you have been hurt by people that don't want to change and you've tried everything and nothing helps? You bring them to your house to live with you, you feed them, you clothe them, you give them a job, and they end up back in the streets because they don't want to change. They end up back in drugs because they don't want to change. They end up back in fornication because they don't want to change. They end up back in that broken relationship because they don't want to change. The first thing you need to know if you want God to restore you and change your life, number one, you need to want it. Because some people don't. They just want a pity party. How many of you throw the best pity parties? With DJ Depression. (laughs) You're there on the dance floor, miserable in your pity party. You're cutting your little pity party cake. Telling everyone 
how long, how hard your life is. How unfair God is. I come here, I want to hug you right now. Who are you? Because I want to slap you and tell you. I want to slap you, I do. Look around you. We all messed up. All of us are broken. You don't believe me? Work with me for one week. And I will tell you how many people in this church make me cry. And make me question ministry. And how many people I sit down with counseling that aren't even here right now because they don't want to change. You know what they want? They want to call you at 2 a.m. Maybe, oh, I'm so sad. I can't do it. And you want to tell them, come to church. Change your life. Okay, I will. They never do. But they'll call you when they need some money. They'll call you when they need a couch to stay in. Oh, I'm preaching today. And then you are the Christian. I feel so bad. I need to help them. No, you don't. Jesus asked him because if this fool would have said no, Jesus would have said, bye. Stay stuck. Want it. Come on, slap your neighbor and tell him, want it. Because something, some, some, some things that, that the only thing some of you want is to feel sorry for yourself. You're like, you want to be the star in your miserable novella and you're just there telling this story of who left you, your childhood, how broken, who hurts you, how messed up you are. But you never change because what you really want is pity. But God doesn't go to pity parties. He doesn't. That's why I fear for this next generation because all they want to do is complain and get handouts. But let me stop right there. No politics. Second, look at verse 7. Jesus says, you're not well. You can be well. Do you want it? This man says, I can't. I can't. Someone hand me a violin right now. I can't. See, some people don't want because they feel they can't have. It's a negative mindset that gets developed in time. So let me explain to you. You get stuck in a certain situation so long, like 38 years, your mindset begins to find comfort in that situation by telling yourself you can't. And if you can't, you learn a way to get comfortable with it. That's why there are so many people still stuck in addiction and bondage and sin and misery because somehow they have convinced themselves in their mindset they can't. They can't. So in the, this guy has Jesus telling him, do you want to get well? All this man has to say is, yes, Lord. And Jesus would have snapped and gotten him up. 
But this man didn't say yes. This man didn't say no. This man just negatively thought to himself, I can't. And he started listing all the reasons why he couldn't. I can't because every time I try, someone always gets ahead of me. Someone always cuts me off. And besides, I have no one to help me. So he's basing his mindset of I can't. That limited thinking comes from a source of saying I've can't because of my past. I can't because of what this person did to me. I can't because of how unfair life is. And you use the life and the circumstances of life to convince you of a mindset that says you can't have what God is offering. And Jesus says, he who the sun sets free, it's free indeed. He offers freedom to you. He offers miracles and change. And says, do you want it? But deep down inside, you say, I can't. You've allowed the circumstances to convince you you can't change. You've allowed your failures to convince you you can't change. You've allowed the pain in your life and the pain caused by others to say, I can't. You blame everyone for why you are the way you are. This guy was saying, I can't because of them. Do you know how many pathetic people blame others for the fact that they live in sin? That they have anger, that they have bitterness, they have addiction, they have abuse, they have this, they have that because of them. My childhood, my parents, my friends, my brother, my sisters, my church, my pastor, and all these people that should have been there, that should have loved me, that should have helped me. But Jesus didn't ask him about those people. Jesus said, do you? Want to get well. Some of you have that mindset, I can't. I can't love this person. I can't forgive. God can't use me. God can't bless me. God can't forgive me. Let me remind you of what Philippians says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can because of Jesus. Some of you are saying, I can't because of them. You better start talking different and say, I can because of Him. I can. It's a mindset. Let me close with this. I was about to help that turtle because I felt bad for him. But I watched him more because I knew that I learned somewhere, I don't know where I learned this, but turtles can get themselves up. And this turtle that was upside down, stuck, watching everyone else happy, that was hiding in his shell, did something profound. He stuck his little turtle head out and he stretched it really hard. He said, I didn't think turtles had long necks like that. But he stretched his neck 
and he put his head on the ground and he used his head to leverage everything he went and when he did that his big old shell just went forward and he stood up again and jumped in the water Almost like this turtle was accustomed to this lifestyle. But then I realized what this turtle did to get himself unstuck from a world that was upside down was he used his head. You need to realize that your head your mind, your thoughts will get you stuck or set you free. The Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. The Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Jesus asked this man, do you want to get well? But in this man's mindset, in his head, he said, I can't. Number three, this man was stuck because he thought that his deliverance was going to come from some superstitious pool that everyone else was sick in. So if the pool didn't help anyone, it ain't going to help you. But this man thought what he needed was the pool and he needed was people. But he didn't know that the answer to all his problems was standing right in front of him and his name was Jesus. And so many people are stuck and they're not well because you're going to the wrong thing and the right people to get well. But only Jesus Christ can make you well. Only Jesus Christ can fix your life. It's not a relationship, it's not a house, it's not money, it's not pleasure, it's not something you can drink, something you can stick in your arm, something you can taste, something you can sleep with, something you can live in. It's only Jesus Christ that can set you free. And he was standing right in front of him and saying, do you want to get well? This man says, I can't. But in verse 8, something happened. Jesus heard all the excuses. Jesus heard all the reasons why he couldn't. And Jesus said to him, Stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. Now let's stop right there. Jesus literally tells this man, to do something, this man just finished telling Jesus he can't do. But this man has a choice now. Am I going to allow my head, my thoughts, my circumstances, what people did to me, my past, to keep me stuck? Or am I going to listen and trust Jesus, what he said? And if he tells me I can stand, I know I will stand. 
And this man has to trust in the words of Jesus versus his emotions, versus his thoughts, versus his past, versus his circumstances, versus what people did to him, how he felt. He has to put all of that aside and try to stand up one more time, but this time doing it through Christ. You want to know how you get well. You put aside all your negative thoughts, all your emotions, your past, what people did, how hard your life is, and you put your faith in this book, in the words of God, that anything is possible with him who believes. Notice this in the Bible. This man was not healed yet. Jesus said when this man stood up and he took up his mat, then he was healed. So this man needed to act first and trust God. So this man said, okay, well, clearly you're not listening to me. Clearly you don't care. I just finished telling you 38 years. I've been here in a long time. I can't. But this man says, okay, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way. And this man got up, stood up, picked up his mat. He said, well, why did Jesus tell him to pick up his mat? Because there was an old religious law that people made up that you cannot pick up a mat on the Sabbath. And Jesus told this man deliberately, hey, you pick up that mat so you can get everyone upset so they will know that I healed you on a day no one thought healing could happen. And some of you think that you've reached that day where nothing can change. You've reached that day where nothing will ever happen. But you don't know what Jesus has for you and what he can change in you if you learn to trust him and do it his way. And you will see that sin in your life no more. Do you want to get well? Want it? Change that negative mindset. Go to Jesus and do it His way. Let's all stand to our feet today. And I pray you guys are blessed by this word today. With every head bowed, every eye closed today. You're saying, Pastor, I'm not well. But I want it. But in my mind, I say I can't because of my past, because of my failures, because of my sin. I'm stuck. My world is upside down. But I want to be well today. That's you today. I invite you to come forward. And give yourself to Jesus today. Just say, Lord, I'm not well. If you're not well today, come forward. There's no shame. Get out of your shell. And say, Lord, I'm here today. Come on. And if you're here today, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to be made well. I want to tell you first, you will never be made well unless you repent of your sins and turn your life to Jesus Christ. 
who knows you and sees you. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, you're saying, Lord, Jesus, I need to surrender my life to you. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And today, I'm turning to you. That's you today. When you can put that hand up, I'd like to pray for you. God bless you. I see you there. But I pray today that if you're not well, you can be well. Stop your excuses. Stop your blaming. Stop getting comfortable with your sin and the way your life is. And learn that with Jesus, everything and all things are possible. And you can through Jesus. So you stop trying on your own. Stop depending on everyone else. Stop going to the wrong source and trust Jesus to give you the strength to do what you cannot. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Sometimes we feel stuck. Upside down like everyone else is fine. Sometimes, Lord, it's easier to hide and put on a tough shell. But underneath the surface, there's so many that aren't well. Forgive us, Lord, for pity, excuses, and blame. And help us to accept your word as truth. That whatever you say we can do, we can because of you, Lord. Set us free like you did this man. In Jesus' name.